Hey there, and welcome to the First Missionary Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We're honored you've chosen to join us today. In a few moments, Senior Pastor Alan Miller will launch into this week's teaching. Before that, though, we'd like to encourage you to also check out our website, firstmissionary.net, where you can find out more about what the Lord is doing in our local body and how you can get involved. Now here's Alan with this week's teaching. Amen and amen. Let's do it even though we're in our homes, our living rooms, on the couch, at the uh, kitchen sink, wherever we might be, sitting on the back porch. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise because he's good, he's worthy of all of our affection, of all of our love. He is indeed the same God today as he was yesterday. And guess what? Tomorrow, he's going to be the same God. Well, we're excited today about where we are and what we're going to be teaching and sharing this morning. Uh, Today is Palm Sunday. It's a very, very special day uh, for the body of Christ all throughout the world. Uh, Today is the day that we remember when Jesus came into Jerusalem on that Sunday prior to the Jewish Passover, prior to that Friday when Jesus would go to a cross, die for the sins of the world, prior to that great celebration, Resurrection Sunday. Many of us, we call it Easter. This is an incredible, incredible week. And I want to encourage you today, uh, even with your family this week, to open up the Gospels and start walking through that week with Christ. See where He went. Hear what He said. Experience what He experienced. Walk this week with him even on Monday, Thursday, Thursday night I would encourage you to think about a meaningful way that you and your family can maybe even have communion together in your home to remember when Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper Uh, we're praying this week about how we can share with you how we can minister to our church family through this Holy Week Passion Week experience And so we'll be sharing more this week on maybe some resources and some things that we can do. But this week, beginning today, let's just start walking that experience again with Christ. But let's not make the mistake of thinking or living like or looking at the world or our situation or our circumstance as if it hasn't already happened. It has. And it makes all the difference in the world for us to see all of life through the completed work of Jesus, through his cross, through the resurrection. Well, today we are going to continue in a message series that we are simply entitling Our Easter Hope. Well, during turbulent times and during difficult times, there's a lot of things that people people need. Uh, There's financial things that people need. There's mental support, mental things that people need. There's things that people need uh, from a physical perspective. But one of the things that we're reminded of today is that it's actually the spiritual. It's the spiritual that underpins our approach to everything else. And there's a couple of things that people really need spiritually putting faith to the side to patiently endure, as we've already talked about today. But people, during difficult, turbulent times, 
they really need to be assured of God's love. They need to know that God's loved them. And just as this pandemic, this is as this virus is at a pandemic proportion, don't forget that God's love was already at a pandemic proportion before this ever began. The word pandemic means uh, pan or demos or demic. Uh, pan means all. Demos means people. When we think of demographics, we think of people graphics, people statistics. Pandemic means all people. Epidemic means upon the people. When an epidemic break out, breaks out, it, seems, it tends to be localized to a specific people group or a specific region. But a pandemic is all people. It's global. It's worldwide. And we need to remind people that God's love is at a pandemic level. It is truly worldwide. It is global. It makes all the difference. God loves you. I'm reminded of a, a scene in C.S. Lewis's book, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And in this scene, Mr. Beaver is telling uh, Sarah, I believe, about who Aslan the lion is. She said, I thought he was a man. Is he quite safe? I shall feel rather nervous about meeting a lion. Safe, said Mr. Beaver. Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe. But he's good. He's the king. Walking with God in a life on an incredible white water rafting journey with God is not safe. It can be challenging. But you are on this journey with a God who is good. And he loves you. And that makes all the difference. The other thing that people need during times like this, they need hope. Hope that comes from knowing Jesus Christ. People need hope. Hope for a better day, a better future. And even if those better days don't come upon this earth, upon this planet, then there's hope that there is or are better days beyond this life. And beyond this earth. So, so no matter where you are or where people are, if you have hope in Christ, that hope can take you all the way through this. We call this hope our Easter hope. Because this hope comes to us because of the cross and the resurrection of Jesus. And if you think about it for just a second, during that week like this week, Holy Week, coming up to the cross when Jesus was crucified and when he was put in a tomb, his disciples were fearful, they were anxious, some of them even cowardly. They hid, they ran, they scattered like a covey of quail. But today, there are 2.1 billion 
followers of Christ in this world. People who proclaim to be followers of Christ. 2.1 billion. From about maybe 120 that week to 2.1 billion today. What's the difference? It's the resurrection of Jesus. The resurrection of Jesus took those disciples who were fearful, who were anxious. And because of the resurrection, they became brave. They became courageous. And they changed the world. This is our Easter hope. Well, there's two things, two things in Scripture that help us to know that Jesus really is who He says He is. And a very, very simple question I would ask you today is this. Why would you place your faith and trust in Christ? Why would you do that? And I think a simple answer is this. Because Jesus is who He said he is and there's two things at least two things that verify that the first one is his resurrection the second the second thing that verified that he is who he says he is and that's good reason for you to place your faith and trust in him is because of the miracles that he performed today we are going to look at one of those miracles we're going to look at why this miracle is so special and why this miracle separates itself from other miracles or other healings that took place i want you to read with me in, in luke's gospel today luke chapter 5 beginning in verse 12 while he was in one of the cities behold there was a man covered with leprosy. Some of your translations will say a man who was full of leprosy. This means that he's coming to the end of his road. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and implored him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And he, being Jesus, stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing to be cleansed. And immediately, the leprosy left him. And he ordered him, Jesus ordered the man, to tell no one. But go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing, just as Moses commanded, referring to the Mosaic law. Watch this, as a testimony to them. But the news about him was spreading even farther, which means the the man and other gospel writers tell us he didn't keep it to himself after Jesus touched him he couldn't keep his mouth shut he had to express that to somebody and he did verse 15 the news about him was spreading even farther and Lord's crowds were gathering to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses but Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness and he would pray. Father, during this time of teaching and preaching your word today, I pray, God, that we would explore and dive in to your written word 
for the sole purpose of knowing the living word, Jesus. Father, we are so dependent upon your power right now. We want to even want to begin to do this without you. We want to even want to try. So, Father, we're trusting your spirit to speak to us, Lord, and to speak through us, Father, to speak to all who will hear and listen today. We trust you with this message. We trust it will be timely. We trust that you'll touch hearts and change lives. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, as we said, there are actually two things, two things that verifies that Jesus is who he said he is. And we ask the question, why would anyone, why would anyone today place their faith and trust in Christ? The answer is because he is who he said he is. And the two things that verify that, one being his resurrection and how great that is, the resurrection of Christ verifies that he is who he says he is, a true historical event. But the other thing that verifies who Jesus is has to do with his ability to heal, his ability to touch lives, his ability to do the supernatural. We call these things miracles. And it just happens to be that from rabbinic tradition, there were two types of miracles. There were what was called general miracles. And, and these general miracles were miracles that anyone, that anyone could perform if they were empowered by God's Spirit. They were general miracles. But then there was a special class or a special category of miracles that according to rabbinic tradition, only the Messiah could perform. These are called messianic miracles. Miracles that only the anointed, the anointed one, the empowered one, the chosen one, only he could perform the messianic miracles. And there's actually three of them. The first one is what we're looking at in the text today. The first messianic miracle is, is the ability of Messiah to heal a leper, a person who had leprosy. Uh, the other miracle had to do with uh, the ability to exercise or to cast out a mute demon. <laughs> you may think that's funny, you might think that's strange, but based on Jewish methodology of exorcism and how that was done, a mute demon, which would, would possess a person, but yet they couldn't verbalize anything, it required a special touch and a special and unique power that went beyond Jewish methodology. If a mute demon could be cast out of a person, that would be a sign that only that the Messiah and only the Messiah could do that. And here's the third one. The third messianic miracle was the ability to heal a man or heal a person who was born blind. Well, guess what? All these miracles, these three messianic miracles were performed by none other than Jesus. We see today in today's text, in this, this great story, 
we see and we hear and we read about a man who came searching for Jesus. And the scripture tells us that this man had leprosy. He, he was a leper. Now you talk, on a, you talk about social distancing. Lepers historically, especially in the ancient world, they had to practice social distancing all the time. I talked with a lady this week and she messaged me and she's one of those people that is just touchy-feely. She, she loves to hug people. She told me, she said, when I, I go to Walmart and I see people from a distance and, and I, don't, I know I don't need to hug them, I'm not going to hug them, but I want to. And when I just wave my hand at them or throw my hand up, she said, I feel like I'm being rude. Well, imagine, imagine, not just a season or a period of time of living this way, but imagine someone who perhaps has had leprosy for many, 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 many years. And that person had to practice social distancing. They were called unclean. So many times they were shunned. They were diseased. In fact, in the Mosaic Law, in the Mosaic Law, there were special provisions that were made for somebody who had, had leprosy. You may not know this, but according to Mosaic Law and Mosaic Law tradition, there's a, a few ways that a person could become ceremonially unclean themselves. The first one was this. If, if a person ever touched a dead body, then that person would become ceremonially unclean. If a person ever touched a dead animal's body, that person would become ceremonially unclean and there would be certain rites and things that they would have to do because there was an uncleanness that came upon them the other way that a person could become unclean was if they actually touched a living animal that was called unclean like a pig pigs were considered to be unclean among some other animals if a person ever touched a pig then they would be unclean but there's only one way only one way a person could become unclean by contact with another human being who was alive, another live human being. And that was if a person ever came into contact with a leper. I really struggle with even calling the man a leper in the text, despite um, the ancient world's understanding of these folks and and I'm just so thankful today that this is something that is curable today and people don't have to suffer and they don't have to die from leprosy today because cures are made available. But in the ancient world, people didn't have that understanding. And a person who had leprosy was simply called a leper. It's almost like their identity as a person was taken away. Their complete identity was in their sickness or in their disease. We also understand from rabbinic tradition as well that there had never been a Jew who was healed of leprosy. From the completion of the Mosaic law to the time of Jesus, there is no record, there is no history, there is no knowledge of any Jew 
ever being healed of leprosy. But here's the thing. In Leviticus chapter 13 and Leviticus chapter 14, there are provisions made. And we're going to talk about those in just a second. But there were provisions made about what the priests were to do if a person ever came to them and said, I was a leper, but now I'm healed. Well, guess what? Those provisions were made, but they were never exercised because no one was ever healed of leprosy. No Jew ever healed of leprosy until Jesus. So this leper, this man of leprosy, seeks Jesus out. And he sees Jesus and he, he comes to Jesus and he does what was even unthinkable for a, a man with leprosy to do. He approaches another human being. You see, what we don't understand is that lepers in Jesus' day were, were so outcast and they were so shunned, even up until medieval times, they had to, they had to make their sickness known to other people. Let me read to you what one historian recorded about people who had leprosy, even in, even in the Middle Ages. This was a horrible skin disease, as you might know. Uh, ulcerated lesions and, and tumors would break out on a person's body. It would cause great disfigurement. Over a period of time, it would absolutely kill nerve Nerve endings, people could become paralyzed, people could, could, could become blind, and the end of it would be death. We believe that when Luke records and Luke tells us that this man was full of leprosy, or his leprosy was at a point to where, where he was covered with it, that, that Luke means, and by the way, Luke is detailed in this because Luke is a physician, that Luke is pointing out the fact that this leprosy has, has, has run its course in this man's life. He is now perhaps approaching death. And he hears about Jesus. And for some reason, there was something in him that said, Jesus can help me. But this man approaches Christ and he comes to him. He, he goes outside the norm. He breaks the law to approach Christ. This skin condition was so horrible that as the historian wrote and tells us, any such skin disease rendered the sufferer absolutely unclean. He was banished from the fellowship of men. He must dwell alone outside the camp. He must go with clothes that were torn. His head had to be shaved, a covering upon his upper lip. And as he went out, as he went around people, he had to say, unclean, unclean, unclean. We see the same thing in the Middle Ages. We see the same thing in the Middle Ages, which merely applied the Mosaic law. The priest wearing his stole and carrying a crucifix led the leper into the church and listened to this and read a burial service over him. The leper was a man who was already dead, though still alive. He had to wear a black garment that all might recognize, and he had to live in a leper house. Not only did he have to bear the physical pain of his disease, 
He had to bear the mental anguish and the heartbreak of completely being banished from human, human society and totally shunned. So this man, he comes to Christ, breaks the law, and he says, if you're willing, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And then here's what Jesus does. Jesus, the scripture says, he stretches out his hand. And he did the unthinkable. He did what you're not supposed to do. He touched him. And he said, I am willing, be cleansed. And the scripture tells us that immediately the leprosy left him. Now, I want you to think about this for a second. This is a man who is extremely contagious. He has leprosy. He knows his only hope is in Jesus. And Jesus touches him. Which shows us something that's really powerful. There is no disease, there is no sickness, there is no condition that is more contagious than Jesus. <laughs> because under normal circumstances, the man would give to Christ his leprosy. But this is not a normal condition. Because this is Messiah. This is the God-man. This is the one who has power over all of life and death and the grave and all disease and all sickness. He touches the man. Which shows that, that Jesus is, is more contagious than the man's leprosy. Jesus is greater. Under normal conditions, a common person would have attracted it. So imagine with me for just a second, this man, he comes to Christ. And Jesus touches him. And instead of Christ getting the disease, the man becomes clean. He contracted Jesus. And I know this may strange say it may sound strange to you, but my hope in Christ today is not that I think tomorrow or I think next week that He could perform a miraculous healing or change things. I have great hope in Him because He did. And then He tells the man. To go show himself to the priests. Show yourself to the priest and, and do what the tradition of Moses says that you are supposed to do. Now here's that provision in Leviticus 13 and 14. He was to go to the priest and say, I was a leper. I was a leper. I was a leper. But now I'm not anymore. 
I've been healed. You see what the touch of Christ can do for a person's life. Changed not, his, not just his condition, but changed his identity. He used to go to the priest and say, I was a leper, but now I'm healed. And the, and, and the priest would offer two birds as an offering. And then for seven days, they would investigate. They would investigate. Number one, was this man really a leper? Did he really have leprosy? Number two, was this person really healed? And then number three, watch this. What were the circumstances around his healing? And they would thoroughly investigate that for seven days. On the eighth day, if the guy came back and, and they came back after investigating, if they came back and they said, it is confirmed, he was, he is. And this is how it happened. Then, you know what they would do? They would offer in praise to God a litany of worship and offerings to the Lord. And then, you know what they would do? They would take anointing oil and they would pour that anointing oil upon the former leper, showing that this man is fully cleansed, fully accepted, fully anointed by God. But the question, the question would come up. How did this happen? Jesus knew, he knew, he knew that when he sent this man to the priest. He would set off a firestorm. Because based on Sanhedrin law, if there was ever a messianic claim, they would take time to observe. To watch. To be silent. Then they would interrogate. And ask questions. Is this person, is this circumstance really, 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 really what it purports to be? Is this person really who he said he is? And then watch this. People would have to make a choice. If he is who he said he is, then what are you going to do with him? I'm reminded of the story of Lazarus and the rich man. And it was said in that story that even if a man would be raised from the dead, if they would not believe based on the law and the prophets, that not even a man being raised from the dead could convince them. Because some... Even with all the evidence in the world. Choose not to believe. I really believe with all of my heart. In this simple message. That today. You can begin an incredible faith journey. Of following Christ. Why is he worth placing your faith and trust in because all the evidence tells us he is who he says he is
risen from the dead and the only one who ever performed the messianic miracles. This is loaded. This is more loaded than we realize. All three gospel writers record this story. And with each gospel writer, they're almost identical. Why? Because it's so important for you and for me to know that Jesus is who He says He is. And because of that, you can place your faith and trust in Him today. So if you've never started this faith journey, I don't care where you're listening from. If you're in Dallas, if you're in Michigan, if you're in West Virginia, if you're in Tennessee, maybe the reason God said this message today is to be simple is for you. It's for you. A decision has to be made. And today you can begin your faith journey with Christ. Maybe you've known the Lord for a long time. And maybe this just puts another, I don't know, Cody, I don't know. Maybe it just puts another maybe it just gives you another reason to know that your faith is sound in a risen Savior who can do all things. He's alive. He's well. He will get us through this because this is our Easter hope. If you want to reach out to a prayer counselor right now, 270-527-7615, call that number. Call that number. Say, listen, Pray with me. I want to begin my faith journey today. I want to place my faith and trust in Christ. Would you pray with me? Would you share with me? Prayer counselors are standing by. Call a prayer counselor and say, listen, I'm tired. I'm weary. I need, I need patient endurance. Call that number. Reach out to one of them. You're going to find a friend, somebody you probably know. Maybe somebody you don't know, but I promise you, somebody who knows Jesus and will point you to the one who can get you through this, but they want to pray for you. Reach out to us. Let us know your needs. How can we pray for you? How can we support you? Let us know what's going on in your life. We want to be there for you. Jesus is our Easter hope, and we're going to keep exploring what that means. Continue this journey with us. Cody's going to lead us in a time of response, and then he's going to pray us out. God bless you. Thanks for joining us on the First Missionary Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. That's it for this week's teaching, but you can always find more on our website, firstmissionary.net. We'd also like to encourage you to like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you benefited from this week's lesson, be sure to share it with your friends and family, then leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. Thanks again for listening, and God bless.